0: Helping Families Be Happy. Welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family love and relationships. I am your host, Dr. Carla Marie Manley, a practicing clinical psychologist, wellness advocate, and author based in Sonoma County, California. I've teamed up with Familius Publishing to bring you nourishing real life information about love, family, relationships, and life. Now I am thrilled to introduce today's guest, Dr. Lori Holman, who will be talking with us about narcissism. Dr. Lori Holman is a psychoanalyst. She's an author of Unlocking Parental Intelligence, The Busy Parent's Guide to Managing Anxiety in Children and Teens. The Parental Intelligence Way, The Busy Parent's Guide to Manage Anxiety, the new book that is being released this coming April is Are You Living with a Narcissist? How Narcissistic Men Impact Your Happiness, How to Identify Them, and How to Avoid Raising Them. That's quite a lot to share, Lori. Tell Uh, us a
1: little bit about this book. Well, in my psychoanalytic practice, I met many narcissistic men, very successful professional men who had difficulties relating with people, especially their wives. So I decided to focus when my, I was going to describe narcissism. I decided to focus on this subgroup of um, successful men and the difficulties that they felt. Um, and people showed a great deal of interest, and so I picked a few um, real people, but I changed all their identifying characteristics, and I made some composites, so nobody is really actually being revealed. So could you tell me,
0: Lori, about some of the key characteristics of a narcissist?
1: Yes, first characteristic, which um, people who know narcissists will really catch on to is that they talk about themselves almost exclusively. They're focused on. One man said to me, "I'm focused on me, me, me. Don't talk about anyone else." People with narcissistic personality disorders, their comments may tend to be exaggerated or at least overemphasized, and not necessary, not necessarily accurate reflections of their whole lives, but. In the cases that I described in my book, they really are. These are very intelligent, expressive, very accomplished narcissistic men. Some are doctors, some are personal injury lawyers. They really do accomplish a great deal, but they think so too. <laughs>
0: Right, and so, but I imagine that we can find narcissistic men in across all demographics. Yes.
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But some will not actually be as successful as they maintain. Ah,
0: okay, good to know. And what's the second characteristic?
1: They have fantasies of greatness. This is really important. Their minds are filled with elaborate fantasies about success power, brilliance, beauty, or even the perfect mate. They feel they should have the best of everything. What's said is that these wishes or fancies are a way for narcissists to actually fend off an inner emptiness and shame instead of feeling the specialness and control that they purport to have. So I like people to understand that a narcissist is not just a horrible person, but he's a, actually a very insecure person who feels quite inferior, and his outward appearance and style is very charming and misleads other people.
0: And so the inner sense of self is very mm-hmm. fragile, and then their self-esteem is very fragile, yes?
1: Actually, yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So if if you're able to empathize with the narcissist in your life, it goes back to that place of knowing how fragile and insecure they are. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me, can they, can, in your experience, can a true narcissist, someone with narcissistic personality disorder, mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. that type of person learn
1: to be okay. empathic? That's a very good, very important question. My experience is that, Younger narcissists in their late teens and early twenties can learn much more easily than the intractable 50, 60 year old. And um, there's a a boy I talk about, uh, I named him Carver. And he was a child prodigy, really brilliant. He was raised to be special by his parents. They felt their own narcissism growth by having such a brilliant little boy. You know, early on, this is a three-year-old who's reading voluminously as a teenager. He learned many languages. He travels tremendously and has a great need to aggrandize himself. But deep inside, he will say to me, I don't know who I am. He has a sense of inferiority. He feels that he is being molded by what his parents want him to be. So he doesn't really have a sense of who he is. And it's really sad. But this young man responded very well to very specific narcissistic treatment, which means my job was to help him feel understood and listened to. Not to teach him, not to change him, even though, of course, I wanted to. But if he felt really understood, he connected with me. And then he trusted me and he trusted no one else. And he made no bones about that. And that trust allowed him, especially because he was younger and feeling bereft of friendship, because he was not empathic and he couldn't connect with people, but he was feeling I was connecting with him. So this was a brand new experience and that experience carried a tremendous amount of weight. So at the root
0: of, nar- so, so two things then hmm. from what I hear you say, a narcissist, a true narcissist is able yeah. to learn to be empathic if it's worked on, but it's much easier if they learn that skill when they are younger rather than somebody who's, you know, middle-aged or.
1: And, and a good reason for it is they're suffering. They're depressed. They're, I mean, seriously depressed. They're very anxious. They have lots of panic attacks. They do not know how to connect with their peers as little children. They never learn how to share. Um, they kind of live in their own um, intellectual world and they don't know how to socialize so in treatment they're actually learning that just by talking to another person who's incredible i mean i have to be incredibly attentive not disagree not certainly not judge the more empathic i am kind of mirroring what Carver was feeling and thinking, the more he was able to get that sense of what empathy felt like. He really didn't know it before that. So
0: as children what Mm -hmm. you see in your practice is that narcissistic children are generally Mm -hmm. depressed, generally anxious, don't know how to share. Now, Mm -hmm. do you, in the adult narcissist, do you Mm -hmm. tend to see a great deal of um, depression, anxiety uh, in the adult narcissist?
1: Yes. When those characteristics that I'm naming aren't fulfilled.
0: Okay, so as long as they're getting their needs met and getting mm-hmm. what they want, they're not depressed yeah. and
1: anxious. That's right. So but it, the, the most minor slight or a diversion, like I can think of a man who's his birthday and birthdays are really important. This is an older man. And he expected a large crowd and a lot of attention. He was sitting at a restaurant table and... As natural conversation goes, it was diverted to someone else. He got up, he walked out, he couldn't tolerate it for a second. And the interesting thing is that the people, his guests, felt guilty. They felt they did something wrong, when really they were just being normal, natural people who engage with each other. Right. But the fight is felt extremely damaging and produces a tremendous amount of what's called narcissistic rage.
0: Right, and that narcissistic rage comes up whenever they don't get their way, whenever their expectations are met, whenever their needs aren't met. Mm -hmm. That's when the narcissistic rage comes into play.
1: Yes. Got it. It's very powerful and scary.
0: Here's a question for you so that Mm -hmm. our listeners out there, don't think I'm bashing on men or that you're bashing Mm, on men. mm, We're mm. talking almost exclusively about men. And Mm -hmm. I know that there are female narcissists out there and people. So we want to look at, tell me a little bit about the statistics, which is, I think, why you've put the book out Mm. there for men.
1: Actually, the um, Diagnostic Statistical Manual, which is what every clinician uses, really does point out that it's predominantly men.
0: And and I'm glad that you said that because it's so important for us to know that you know women can suffer from narcissistic personality disorder as well but again we see it largely with men. Okay. Yes. Yes. So this book sounds absolutely fascinating (laughs) jumping from the book i just want to ask you a few questions so that listeners can get to know something about you what has been your greatest life challenge
1: actually my greatest life challenge and my greatest joy is being a mother despite all my degrees and so when i see an infant who is so apparently helpless and dependent like I see with my grand, recent granddaughter, that is a huge challenge for me because that baby has a mind and we don't even think about that. And I wanna be able to respond to her mind on her terms. I find that fascinating. I mean, that's starting from the, the beginning. Um, I mean, even in utero, the baby is learning the mother's voice and, when that baby is born, she or he selects that person to be most attentive with. So I just love learning about how the mind works.
0: Ah, so Uh, that that is beautiful. Your greatest life challenge is also your greatest joy. I love that. mm -hmm. So Lori, what specific daily practices contribute to your personal success?
1: Well, I'm fortunate that I concentrate very well for long, long, long periods of time. I just seem to be able to do that. Um, And so becoming a psychoanalyst of infants, children, and adults, and then writing books, parenting books, and then the book on narcissism, just, it sounds silly, but it's relaxing for me. I really love to write, and it helps me integrate what I know and find ways of taking complex concepts and putting them in language that everybody can understand.
0: Oh, beautiful. So it is your concentration, but also your, your ability to be nonjudgmental and so empathic that seem to re-
1: really be hallmarks of who you are. I, thank you very much, because I, I do really try hard to be that way.
0: Ah, beautiful. So if we have three key forces that Mm -hmm. guide life and work, what might
1: those be for you? Well, one would be that I see the whole human being, not only symptoms, and that's very important. Secondly is I really believe that people want to learn naturally and are open to change, especially when they're suffering. And the third is, as I said, I kind of have a natural maternal side that leads me to want to help people infants, children, adults grow and feel good about themselves, so my training has been each of those different development stages
0: That is absolutely beautiful to think about how these forces are so much a part of your just your daily life and your life's work. So what are you proudest of in your life, and what is your greatest gift?
1: Well, I'm proudest, again, of being a mother, despite degrees, because I really adore and admire, I have two older sons, and my greatest gift, according to them, <laughs> is that I've taught them how to form mutual reciprocal relationships all through their lives. I've said, make sure that they're boys. So I've, I've often said, make sure that whoever you go out with is as good to you as you are to them. Mm. And they've taken it in stride. Um, It's hard work. Relationships are hard work. Um, But they took that very seriously.
0: And it sounds like you very successfully raised two young men who are not narcissists. Absolutely. No,
1: they're not. They're very empathic. Very empathic.
0: And how could they not be with a mother who's so empathic and, and taught them so much about love? That is absolutely beautiful. So, what do you believe makes a happy family?
1: Okay, my very first book was called Unlocking Parental Intelligence finding meaning in your child's behavior. And in that book, I help parents understand the meaning of their child's behavior as opposed and that when their children misbehave, it's really a sign of distress that we need to understand. So I believe what makes a happy family is parents and kids who learn to collaborate together to understand each other's ideas, opinions, and feelings, and trust that they can problem solve together. And if you start this at an early age, it blooms when they're teenagers, and you don't see the heavy rebellion. In fact, you see teenagers who need to confide and want to confide in their parents, and there isn't a lot of pushback because they really feel loved, and they feel listened to, and they feel that they're a their opinions and their thoughts, even if they're different from their parents, which they're going to be is respected, And this makes for a happy family.
0: I absolutely agree. Feeling loved, feeling listened to and feeling respected. That's so beautiful. Thank you. So what are the five key points you would like listeners to take away from the interview?
1: Well, I want them to know the characteristics of narcissism. Um, I don't know that we have time, but I would like to be able to have them learn what is needed in a child's early life so as they don't become narcissistic. I'd also like people to understand that narcissists can change in therapy and how to do that. And there's a part in my book that actually my editor encouraged me to add, which are thoughts on how not to raise a narcissist. So when people read all these stories and get really involved, they start thinking about themselves as parents. And so I have a, kind of a list of different thoughts on how to not raise a narcissist. Um, the other thing is for the codependent women who are caught in this kind of uh, spell, um, I have items for spouses of narcissistic men, how they can recover and find themselves and reclaim who they are and be proud of who they are and be ambitious in their own rights.
0: So when we look at those five key points, and I wish I had another two hours to spend with you, <laughs> you to go into each of those, but I, they are teasers for our listening audience mm-hmm. to know that the book has these beautiful pieces in it, these really profoundly important nuggets about the characteristics of narcissism, what happens in a child's early life to predispose them to narcissism as an adult, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how you can identify a woman who may fall or have fallen for a narcissistic man, mm-hmm. and, and what helps narcissists when they are in treatment, which could be really great information, not just for the narcissist, but for the family members who are struggling with, you know, living with the narcissist.
1: Yes. And let me add just one more thing, which is also what spouses of narcissistic men can learn to do. They can get out of the quagmire. And a lot of my practice is about that too.
0: Thank you for adding that. So, you know, another piece that's in the book, which is profoundly important for listeners to know, that they can get out of the quagmire, that there are skills to be learned through reading this book and gaining the awareness that can empower a woman who's captivated, Mm -hmm. as you said, Mm -hmm. by the spell that the narcissist casts, Mm -hmm. that that woman can become who she is meant to be. To be outside yes. of the spell of the narcissist.
1: Exactly, she can develop her own self-love. Ah, uh,
0: so wonderful! The information is is exquisite. Thank you for sharing it. So, if you could change one thing about the world today, other than you know, waving a magic wand and getting rid of narcissistic behavior, what one thing would you
1: change? Um. I think I would change the way families relate to each other. I think that that actually can be looked at even in a political sphere, that the way people relate to each other, collaborate with each other, our world needs that a lot more. And listening to each other, being empathic to each other, we would solve a lot more problems a lot more easily.
0: Thank you for sharing that piece and just circling back to the narcissistic Element that we've been focusing on is that I'm sensing that that's something that the young narcissist lacked Mm -hmm. the ability to be heard, the Mm -hmm. ability to be honored, to express an opinion, and to feel listened to, to feel safe, to feel loved, and to feel respected. And so now they have this shell of narcissism around them because of the unmet needs as a child. Is that right?
1: That's right. And I want to add, that the young narcissist that i write about carver at the end of his treatment expressed such great gratitude to me Mm -hmm. and narcissists do not express gratitude so i really knew he had changed he thanked me for listening and for being heard those were his words he said it's seismic, Dr.
0: Holmes. Well, and that's the part, you know, that there seems to be more that I imagine that a narcissist might express gratitude if he's in a crowd and it's the right thing to do,
1: but mm-hmm. to really
0: feel grateful and to yeah. notice what others do, unless there's a payoff, right? Maybe he'll express yeah. it to an employee or to a waitress, mm-hmm. but at home and in mm-hmm. the home environment to really see and appreciate what others do, that's mm-hmm. probably pretty difficult, if not impossible, Possible for the narcissist
1: but this boy did it and it was it's the joy of my treatment life uh, really.
0: well and you got him early so you were able to really mm-hmm. help him make major shifts
1: yes and I mean he made he made friends people started to like him he started to think about others he could take in others perspectives so it's just remarkable Well,
0: thank you for doing the kind of work you do. Thank you for all you do to make the world a better and more loving place. And I am so grateful, Dr. Lori Holman, to have had time with you today. It has been such a pleasure. Where can our guests find you?
1: Um, My website's easy. Um, Actually, I have to put my new books on the website. But it's Lori, L-A-U-R-I-E. Holman, H-O-L-L-M-A-N, phd.com.
0: Thank you so much. As we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familias Publishing for their support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes and social media. And when you're ready for that next amazing book adventure, would be honored if you'd choose a book from Familius Publishing, such as the lovely book on narcissism we discussed today. One step at a time, we can make the world a happier place. Thanks for sharing your time with me, Dr. Carla Marie Manley. It's been a joy and a true pleasure. Be well and shine as only you can do. We talk together, learn together, play Together we laugh, together